is now time for the crime report. That's right, sponsored by the Crime Stoppers of Suffolk County. 1 800 220 Tips, 220 8477. That's all. Calls kept confidential. A monetary reward of up to 5000 sometimes more issued for information that will lead to an arrest or arrest. Joe Jacqueline, a retired NYPD sergeant from command the office of the Bronx Cold Case Squad, current adjunct professor at John Jay College, and an author of the Criminal Investigative Function, a guy for new investigators. Edition number three, on to number four. In his day, a very highly decorated member of the NYPD, including the most notable Department Medal of Valor. The aforementioned Joe Jacklow. Sarge, how are you this morning? Good morning, Jay. How are you? I am doing well, Joe. Also part of an unbelievable event coming uh, our way in the next couple of months. Very, very creative, very innovative. We'll get into that. Joe, a couple of cases nationally. we got to start. With what happened in the states of Virginia and Idaho, we'll start with Virginia, unbelievable, uh, where three football players killed, a couple of people wounded. Uh, sounds like a disgruntled uh, individual uh, from the uh, days of playing football on a bus, a charter bus, coming back from a field trip in the nation's capital. Uh, doesn't get much worse than this as far as our college campuses. We had two horrific incidents. Uh, start in Virginia, my friend. That was as bad as it gets. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just another um, incident where, you know, schools are the other target, whether it's colleges or grammar schools or what have you. It's just um, we we haven't, for, you know, haven't heard anything about the motive behind this now, but uh, three football players were, uh, you know, brutally murdered by this guy. And he just kind of, he always says, you know, Jay, we talk about these things all the time, and you yeah. just shake your head. It's like nothing ever comes good of any of these things nothing there's no changes there's no nothing and and after a while it's just very disheartening and you, your heart goes out to the victims families and, and it's just like enough with the thoughts and prayers and, and let's finally do something unbelievable and then we have to shift attention of all places to the great state of idaho university of idaho moscow idaho four this is the most one of the more bizarre cases joe since you and i are doing this all these years I mean, I am fixated on this case looking for information where four students were murdered inside uh, an off-campus, you know, frat house, a Rambo-style knife. They had uh, depictions of video at a food truck. You know, I always say nothing happens good at 2 in the morning, even in Idaho, where these kids were at a food truck. And then maybe an hour and a half later, back to the house, murdered. Two people inside that house at the time of the murders. Again, a Rambo, grizzly murder, a lot of blood. I mean, get graphic here. The blood dripping out of the house. I saw one that one video uh, piece of footage there. Uh, and, and really, you know, not a lot. Not a lot of information here. Uh, it is unbelievable. But, you know... Uh, Forensic uh, a guru Mike Bader sounded off regarding the perpetrator and everything else, what it could mean. It looks like the same weapon, Joe, but uh, it, it doesn't. This case is just absolutely bizarre. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it is actually a, a big time head scratcher, but it's um, you can see how much the video is going to hopefully play in, involved in this. So you get this video from the food truck. They see the girls there ordering stuff, and there's people lurking in the background that they're probably going to be looking hard at hopefully be able to try to identify whether they use a facial recognition software or somebody can identify them to you if um you know if they saw anybody you know follow them or leave with them or what have you but
but uh, the girls seem pretty happy, you know, uh, at the van. You know, they're, they're, they don't seem to be under any threat or any other, any other stress or anything at that moment. So uh, something terribly goes wrong from the, from the moment they leave that food truck. Uh, and right now, like I said, they're, the media is basically um, the police department has not given out any information, which which could be a good sign, right? So they're working on leads. They don't want to spook anybody. Uh, and this is just a case to follow. And if everybody hasn't heard about this case, I mean, you just got to go online. It is probably one of the, like uh, Jay said, one of the most bizarre cases that you'll, you'll hear about ever. I mean, it's just, it's craziness. And that's my fixation on this. Hopefully they get this guy or gal, whoever. And, you know, it's interesting. Not being played up enough. You know, there was an incident a couple of months ago, uh, Joe. Uh, same, you know, not in, in Idaho, right? Around the campus. They, have, they caught the guy. But was there an incident in which there is a connection here? You know? Well, and that's the biggest thing. I, we don't know what happened to that guy back in September. Is he incarcerated? We don't know. No, and and you know the one one part of any investigation is you try to attach your case to something else because each one of them might have a clue into what exactly going on. So yes, this is uh, something also where the FBI uh, will be bringing the violent apprehension you know, program VICAP and trying to see if there's anything that matches this MO anywhere else in the country. It doesn't have to be four victims, but, you know, any stabbing victims off, off campus or have to do with universities or colleges, I think they'll look at, you know, hard at all those things. I, I mean, this is just uh, it's something that I'm definitely going to be following, and then, you know, hopefully we'll have some resolution and, and some answers by next week. Hopefully we will. Joe Jacqueline, the crime report. Let's get to a couple of things. Judge awarding the family of the late Gabby Petito, Joe, a wrongful death lawsuit, $3 million. It's against the estate of the Blue Point natives admit a killer, former fiancé Brian Laundrie, and let's face it, uh, you know, something of this nature we knew would come to fruition based on the fact we both know what was going on here. The Laundrie family knew something. Did they say something? No. You know, kind of a, a wild goose chase throughout, amazing as it was, uh, the culmination of it all, but uh, thus a judge... Uh, awarding the family, and rightfully so here. It's something, at least. Yeah, it's something. It's never going to bring back the daughter or it's going to help them with their grief. Um, but uh, let's... We still have a lot of unanswered questions, uh, you know, about uh, about this this case. And, and it's it's starting to slowly come out, right? We're, we're dealing with the, the domestic violence issue in, um, in Moab, and, and we're dealing with bits and pieces of this. But you just want to see out of this horrific event something good come out. So maybe changes to how some police departments handle domestic violence cases and then how uh, police departments handle searches and, and, and where they're looking for people and how they go looking for people. It's, um, you know, that's the only thing that you can hope for in a, in a tragic situation like this. Moab, Moab uh, Joe, that police department, we all know, we remember the, the footage. You know, you go your way, you go to a hotel, you go this way. You know, come on. I mean, you know, you bring these two into custody. You know, you just had a, a domestic violence uh, situation occur. Who knows what would happen thereafter if you release them? Nothing good came about it. We know armchair quarterback, uh, you know, not really if, if, if they would have done their job properly. You know, most departments, I'll tell you, you know, even you looked at Ovaldi and everything else, you wonder what the hell is going on around this country as far as enforcement and their practices and everything else, but Moab just completely, completely dropped the ball here. 
Yes, I mean that that was a game changer. There, that was a moment in time where we have a different we have a different ending, uh, and it's just it's just one of those things you can actually put a finger on and say, if we do, um, you know, if we if we handle this better, that's what I was referring to about how yep. uh, Moab handles domestic violence cases in the future. Maybe saves a life. No doubt, Bill Jacklin on the crime report. Let's get to a New York City police officer. Uh, Sarge from Freeport filing a federal class action lawsuit against the Nassau County Police Department, rejecting him for a job because he's black. The suit says uh, it is kind of emblematic of the county's ongoing discriminatory practices uh, that have left its police force overwhelmingly white. So uh, let's uh, let's see what occurs here, if he has anything, any substance here with Josiah Myers, who filed this suit. On behalf of all non-white applicants, how are they going to look at this? Well, I mean, the only thing I can think that they're going to look at is why he was uh, declined to join the police department and give the reasons why, and then that'll all come out in court. So, if they have legitimate reasons to um, to decline him for the position of police officer, which happens at a great rate out in Nassau and Suffolk, uh, you know. They, they they don't hire many people, so it's going to be um, interesting to see what uh, his evidence is, other than the color of his skin, and that's that's something that um, the police department is going to they're, they're going to have to put their defense up and say he was not given the job because of X, Y, and Z, which had nothing to do with race. So it, it's another you know it's just a terrible story, and then it's just in that respect, and it's bad publicity on on every end. But you know what, you want to make sure. That your the police department and your government agencies are hiring people based on their qualifications and nothing else, right? So we want to make sure that the police department is not being discriminatory because that's not good for anybody. And it's just something that that unfortunately, from time to time, it has to be tested and it has to be be looked at. And um, you know, we'll get the answers. But you know what? In fairness, everybody needs to have a, a good shot at this. And at this point in 2022, nobody should be discriminated against. For anything other than what they want in respect of you know whatever their criminal backgrounds and all those other things that they use that disqualifies for the police department. If he fit all those qualifications and still didn't get the job, well then then Nassau County's got problems. And if there is something nefarious going on here, they will uh, find this out. Now they'll look back in the trends and everything else. Hiring, they might go back over ten years and figure out. Uh, as far as the demographics and everything else here, but uh, all in all, uh, it's kind of a wait and see here. You got four unsolved homicides, Joe and Nassau, over the last seven years. Police now open rewards in each case uh, to ten thousand. Excuse me, twenty-five thousand uh, for info that will lead to arrests and convictions. Was at ten, but uh, you're going back about seven years. Four different cases uh, over that uh, period of time. And listen, a lot of technology. Uh, has come into play here, and that might help the situation. Well, you know, listen, anytime police departments put out the information on their old, old cases or cold cases, however we want to call them, in, with, in regards to all the new technology, uh, technological advances that we're seeing in forensics, uh, yeah, and to try to get information out on these things is a good thing, right? The cold case squads and, and these things, this is the last liaison between the police and the public, and it's actually it's goodwill building actually between the police and the community and you're trying to get information to help solve these cases to provide closure 
for the family's victim, uh, the victim's family. Excuse me, it's it's so important. But yes, you're trying to also garner some uh, new attention. Social media is a great way to do this. I think this is a good thing. No doubt about it. Joe Jacklin, a couple of minutes uh, with the uh, crime report. Uh, Joe, we knew this case. We knew the components of the case, but the county of Suffolk agreeing to pay out now a million, million and a half dollars uh, to a former police detective uh, whose conviction for leaking information to a Newsday reporter was overturned last year. Talking about John Oliva. He was a 20-year veteran, uh, was forced to resign. There's a lot of pressure. Uh, from the disgraced uh, ex-Suffolk County DA Tom Spoda, top aide Chris McPartland, and that to plead guilty to a crime in connection uh, with a case. You and I discussed this over the years, the intricacies and everything else, 2019 trial of Spoda and McPartland, and uh, John Oliva uh, gets a payday out of all this. Yeah, the gift of Spoda and McPartland keep on giving, right? So... Uh... Yeah, it's and probably not the last one too. So um, you know the old Burke fiasco and everything else like this. So you know what this guy was wrong. The court agreed with him and and paid him out. Right? This is this is put out by the um, the taxpayers of Suffolk County too. So this is just another hit in your pocket when everything else is going on. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. I actually knew Oliva from from the old days. Believe it or not, he used to coach my uh, my kids' baseball team. So, uh, you know, got friendly with him way back in time. Who would have thunk uh, this coming into play? But uh, you know what? Uh, the way the way Spoda, you know, they, they called it the administration, folks. You know, the, the way Spoda McParland, let's throw in Jimmy Burke, their former chief. You know, I mean, it was a three-headed monster. And they ruled the county. At least they thought they could, you know. Yeah, no, and, it's, and not only that, though, I mean, just – through the duress, right? Yeah, through threats and everything else, this wouldn't work. This wouldn't work in any other situation, let alone within the police department. But you know, it, it, it lasted for a number of years until finally some sanity has returned to Suffolk County, and uh, and if and if they're sorting all this stuff out. Question: Joe Jacklin, the Crime Report. Now, Joe is going to be involved in a wonderful event. Uh, that he pointed out to me, and that's coming up in the next couple of months. I like this, Joe. Talk to the folks about it. Yep, it's called the Hamptons Who Done It. Um, it is going to be uh, a, there's there's going to be all kinds of true crime talk. It's going to be like a model, somewhat like uh, like the crime cons that we've we've seen and heard about. Uh, if anybody wants any more information, they can go to the Hamptons Who Done It dot com. It's uh, should be a fun couple of days. There's going to be a, a lot of famous people out there. Not, I'm not included in that famous part, but you're going to have uh, <laughs> uh, Connolly. Uh, they're going to have uh, Ray Kelly, former police commissioner from from the NYPD. It's uh, it's going to be a, a fun event, and anybody should just mark it on your calendars uh, in April. So, who done it, folks? It's going to be held in the village of East Hampton. It's in April, mid-April. I think it's the 13th through the 16th, and it's really the first multimedia crime event of its kind. And you're going to have a lot going on there. You know, these uh, authors, uh, mystery authors. Uh, you're going to have writers, podcasts going on. You know, I'm talking about uh, true crime writers. You know, uh, you know, even fun stuff. Escape rooms. I was reading about uh, games, uh, reenactments. Uh, it's going to be, you know, a little spooky with the witch tours and everything else, but it's, but it's all kind of in the genre of mystery, you know, and it's a lot of fun. We're going to keep talking about it. 
Great job, Joe, on that. We will uh, keep an eye on things as uh, they occur. A uh, plethora of uh, storylines uh, this past week, and uh, we'll keep an eye on some of these uh, open cases, especially out in Idaho. I know you will, as well as I. And we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Have a great weekend, Jay. You got it. The Sarge with us, Crime Stoppers, 1-800-220-TIPS. All calls again uh, to be kept confidential.